Humboldt last week. Thanks for listening to Quick Local Stories. In addition to the weekly program, check out local radio with alternative music 24-7 at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Hey, please support the following community partners that make Humboldt Last Week possible. Bringing the best service, selection, and solutions to Humboldt farmers since 2001, the knowledgeable staff at North Coast Horticulture Supply has got your gardening, pest control, and harvest needs covered. Now, with the addition of Dirty Business Soil Analytics and Humboldt Ag Supply, NHS Farm Direct is your one-stop shop for grow supplies and services. With three locations in Fortuna, Eureka, and McKinleyville to take advantage of discounts deeper than your roots and have fun in the garden, that's North Coast Horticulture Supply. Crystal and Bernie's Trinidad Vacation Rental Luxury Accommodations Bordering the Ocean with Epic Views, a Hot Tub, Fine Dining a Short Walk Away, and Nearby the Town of Trinidad. Perfect for that romantic getaway or family staycation, book at TrinidadCaliforniaRental.com. Bongo Boy Studio. Jason Stephen Kettle has been recording there. I was thinking about the sun, how it sinks in. That's Jason Stephen Kettle enjoying that pro studio sound made possible by our favorite local experts in McKinleyville, Bongo Boy. Check him out at bongoboystudio.com. Shows with Ferndale Music Company at the Old Steeple in Ferndale soon. Check out the seemingly effortless and mesmerizing musical force that is Lindsay Lou, October 24th. Again, that's Lindsay Lou, October 24th. Check out the calendar of amazing shows at the Old Steeple in Ferndale. Just go to ferndalemusiccompany.com. The latest edition of the North Coast Journal is on newsstands now. You can pick it up for award-winning, in-depth reporting. Plus, the journal has reviews, listings, and details you need to plan your week. Keep up with the latest at northcoastjournal.com. Photography by Shy. Shy snaps the best Humboldt moments, whether it's just you, you and someone special, or a group. One of the best cameras on the market, she snaps people looking their best. Reach out to her for now. Enjoy special low rates from Shy. That's S-H-I. Portfolios and contact info at photographybyshy.com. All right, Humboldt, let's take a look at last week. Whoa, the Yurok tribe is securing the purchase of Mad River Brewing in Blue Lake. Those sippable steelheads just got a lot more genuine American. They say the beer, the tasting room, the employees, all that bread and butter stuff is pretty much going to remain the same for the 30-year-old brewery. Yurok tribe reps told the journal they'll keep their eyes on being environmentally friendly and be looking at serving and bottling more seasonal brews at Mad River Brewing. Maybe you drove by the courthouse in Eureka last week and saw some cardboard silhouettes. That's in light of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Each cutout there represents a victim who lived here in the county, women, kids, and men. Maybe you've been seeing reports about a bunch of cannabis robberies in Sohum at mostly permitted farms. We're hearing about drones at odd hours, weird vehicles, dudes in masks, people doing this crap pretty much every day. The sheriff was at a meeting down in the Matol Valley about that, saying, hey, we're going to increase patrols down there. Uh, we're understaffed, but we're going to do what we can do. And yeah, that's an area with a 90-minute response time in some places. So, um, you know, he encouraged people to beef up security, too. Hey, Humboldtians doing that naughty dance, they're still seeing an increase in STD rates, gonocifoclam, if you will. So before you tinder, grinder, or bender, wrap it up, get tested. Seriously, some of this is treatable, some of it is not. Be freaky safe, Humboldt. 
Football news, former Humboldt State running back Jaquan Gardner was drafted by Seattle in the new version of the XFL, a pro football league owned by fake wrestling people. Jaquan, coming off shoulder surgery, was picked in the final phase of that draft by Seattle. Former HSU guy has also spent some time at the 49ers and a now defunct football league. But yeah, wishing Jaquan the best next year in the XFL. When Humboldt State says they're going to bring in more local students, they're going to bring in more local students. You see this? New freshmen coming into HSU from local schools are being offered a grand a year in scholarships. That's going to be helpful. How local do you have to be from Humboldt, Del Norte, Mendocino, or Trinity? Great. Hey, this has been talked about for a while. The governor signed this bill saying, hey, cannabis companies, if you're not in the Emerald Triangle, don't make it seem like you're in the Emerald Triangle. You know, stop trying to make your fake humble happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> the McGuire bill prevents, say, a company down in L.A. from calling themselves, say, Humboldt Sensi Soda or something like that. You've heard of Big Brothers Big Sisters, Yeah. Adult mentors working with kids in our community to better their lives. Uh, if you're good with kids and you have time to volunteer, this is big mood. Locally, 60 kids who have suffered traumatic experiences are looking for a solid person in their life, really just to get out and connect with. It's a fun county here. There's lots to do with kids. Humboldt is your oyster. And as Big Brothers Big Sisters in the North Coast said, mentoring is as much fun to do as it is critical for our community. Back in summer 2016 near Fortuna, a mom, drunk driving, ran over and killed her own teenage daughter and her daughter's friend. Marcy Kitchen then fled the scene and for two years acted seemingly deceptive in a number of ways as she attempted to minimize her punishment for the crime before eventually pleading guilty. Reportedly, despite her eight-year sentence, Marcy could be released from prison as early as May 2021. It appears she's had good enough behavior to land in this all-female facility designed to help women get ready to re-enter into society. Apparently, this program allows women to work, go to church, and go to school outside the facility. And bottom line, the teenage victims of this hit-and-run, Kaya Kitchen and Faith Sarnis, are sorely missed. And their mark on this community should be forever honored. Some stuff to check out in Humboldt this week. A former local in this one, Rootsy Jazz with Jenny Scheinman and Allison Miller at the Arcata Playhouse Monday and Tuesday evening. Catchy local folk band, The Gatehouse Well at Mad River Brewing in Blue Lake Wednesday evening. Bass music with David Starfire and more at the Arcata Theater Lounge Wednesday night. Blue Lake Casino has a fear farm starting up Thursday evening. Singer-songwriter Lindsay Liu at the Old Steeple in Ferndale Thursday evening. The Haunted Kinetic Lab of Horrors starts up in Arcata Thursday night. Victorian Village Halloween in Ferndale Friday evening. Local rock band Droll Weevil and Black Sage Runners at the Lager Bar in Blue Lake Friday night. Some booty-shaking music at the Arcata Theater Lounge Friday night. Halloween Costume Parade at the Shopping Center in McKinleyville Saturday the 26th, 11 to noon. Trick-or-treating in Old Town Eureka Saturday the 26th, 2 to 4. A member of Beats Antique headlining the Halloween Boogie Saturday night, the 26th. And live theater, check out The Three Musketeers at the Ferndale Repertory Theater. Here's the Humboldt Last Week attraction of the week. How about Agate Beach on the northern side of Patrick's Point State Park, north of Trinidad? You could also get there by walking south from the Big Lagoon parking lot. It's a great spot to hunt those stones polished and made smooth by the waves, especially around low tide. Look for that soft glow on those rocks. The uh, beach is a great spot for hiking, picnicking, rock skipping, kite flying, spotting wildlife, and much more. I would advise against swimming there and definitely watch out for sneaker waves. 
and maybe bring something to carry your stony treasures in. Okay, some of you, I didn't mean that kind of stony. I meant agates. Okay, that's Agate Beach, the Humboldt Last Week Attraction of the Week. Maybe you've heard that many in Humboldt are celebrating a history-making event this week. There's this sacred place that the city of Eureka has been working to give back to the Weot people. And on Monday at the Adorni, an unprecedented meeting and ceremony will be all about honoring that transfer. We're talking about Tulawat Island, also known as Indian Island, between Eureka and Samoa. Of course, the Weot people have lived in the Humboldt Bay Area for thousands of years, and Tulawat has a ton of significance. A spot that hosted ancient villages, spiritual ceremonies, and... Unfortunately, an 1860 massacre and theft that saw the brutal murder of Weot men, women, and children while they slept. Now, after 1860, I'm reading this document on the Weot tribe's website. Their population dwindled to less than 100 people. But, uh, you know, however, they say the Weot refused to disappear, returning to their ancestral lands and learning to walk in both the world of the ancient ways and of imposed European values. So since 1860, the Weot say Tulawat Island has been diked, drained, disturbed, and contaminated. You'll notice bits and pieces of the land has swapped ownership over the years. Eureka bought most of it in the 1950s. It was designated a National Historic Landmark in 1964. The tribe bought a small amount of it in 2000 and was given another portion in 2004. And then finally, officially this year, most of the island on the southwestern side of the Samoa Bridge will once again be Weot land. Well, how significant is this, you may ask. An Interior Department vet confirmed this for Thaddeus over at the Journal. For a city to give back this much land to a Native American tribe is a national first. So maybe you've heard the Weot historically have danced on the island during their world renewal ceremony to heal discord and bring well-being to all people. They're set to hold that ceremony on the island next year. And also, they're reportedly going to be removing some invasive Spartina grass from the island and bringing it back to health. So I'm looking forward to cruising over there on Monday to get some pictures during the ceremony, maybe um, see other good media that's taken that day. And also worth noting here, one of billionaire Rob Arkley's bigliest and most publicized failures in recent memory, he tried and failed to prevent Eureka from returning Tulawat to what he called, quote, the natives. He said he uses it, his kids use it, he wanted to ensure the public could continue to access it. Well, his efforts to purchase the island and prevent that transfer have clearly proven unsuccessful. So yeah, really to sum it up, the Weot tribe are reclaiming Tulawat after over a century and a half of obstacles like a brutal massacre, land abuse, and a determined billionaire. It's a historic return of a special spiritual home. Well, the saga continues talking about this PG&E blackout earlier this month. PG&E said they shut off the power to prevent a wildfire. Remember this guy from Soham going to Stanford saying, hey, it's in PG&E's capitalist interest to spend money on maintenance because then they can raise rates? Well, first saying he regrets the error, he clarified that statement saying PG&E can in fact make money by skimping on maintenance. He hopes such an incentive can be removed. That's up at KimKemp.com. Meanwhile, PG&E followed up on the shutoff uh, statewide, saying they found 100 incidences of damage that could have led to fires had they not shut the power off. So they said Humboldt had 52 mile an hour winds, quote, we know we must do better and we're committed to doing just that. We recognize that a shutoff can create a real hardship for people, but given the choice between a hardship and safety, we'll always choose safety, end quote. 
Then the State Utility Commission that regulates PG&E got their word in. They were clearly not thrilled about the shutoff, pointing out problems that were, quote, unacceptable. They talked about issues with PG&E's communication, coordination, and management of the shutoff. Few things they want. Faster restoration of power, impacts to fewer people, a website that works during the shutoff, stuff like that. That's up at KimKemp.com as well. So what about this thing I told you last week about how Humboldt was not supposed to be a part of this shutoff, how the outage made us, quote, collateral damage? I had heard from sources last week that that was the case, and I had recommended, say, mentioning that when filing claims over lost food and stuff. Well, it turns out one of PG&E's executives admitted to that when talking to the commission last week. This guy reportedly said in Humboldt they were unprepared and a transmission line was down for maintenance. Had that transmission line not been down, we would have been fine. That executive, however, would not go as far as to say they'd reimburse us for losses. And hey, here's an answer to my question last week regarding PG&E's power shutoff. Initially, we'd heard the plant on Humboldt Bay, the King Salmon plant. That might be helpful during the shutoff. It wasn't. So I'd asked, how could that thing be ready to better serve us next time? PG&E spokesperson Deanna Contreras told me basically that the Humboldt Bay plant has to be connected to a fully energized grid in order to be turned on. But they have a study underway looking at what it would take to get that thing going all on its own. Deanna said um, part of that could be, and I'm paraphrasing, amending their air permit to, in essence, be able to crank that thing up higher during emergencies. Now, also, Deanna from PG&E told me next time there's a safety shutoff in Humboldt, they'll make sure all circuits are in service to minimize the number of Humboldtians impacted. Quote, during the October 9th PSPS event, about 80,000 customers in Humboldt County had their power impacted, even though they weren't technically within the PSPS footprint. What happened was the transmission sources to this area passed through the PSPS footprint, which is why they were de-energized. Going forward during pre-event planning, we'll make sure that as many circuits are energized as possible, end quote. So it sounds like the next time there's a similar shutoff due to winds elsewhere in the state, there's a better chance Humboldt won't be involved. And also kind of makes me question why they had even mentioned 52 mile an hour winds in Humboldt in the first place in that big press release of theirs. But... Finally, I'd like to say this eked out right after last week's episode, Humboldt State with info about a microgrid one of their research centers helped develop for the Blue Lake Rancheria. When everyone went dark, this allowed for a powered up spot for those that needed it most, including people with medical needs whose lives were likely saved. So that's great. And check it out. The same research center with HSU has a microgrid that'll be turned on at the airport in a couple years, among other projects. So positive news there. Hey, thank you so much for listening to episode 147. Humboldt Last Week is possible due to support from partners. That's North Coast Horticulture Supply helping us have fun in the garden, Bongo Boy Pro Recording Studio in McKinleyville, the award-winning North Coast Journal, Photography by Shy with those beautiful sessions, TrinidadCaliforniaRental.com with spectacular ocean views, and Ferndale Music Company with amazing shows at the Old Steeple. Links to all of them at HumboldtLastWeek.com. My name's Miles. Humboldt Last Week happens first at HumboldtLastWeek.com, but you can also tune in via Kim Kemp and Redheaded Black Belt, the North Coast Journal Online, and 99.1 Kiss FM on Mondays. Oh, and just so you know, I'm headed off to Denver next weekend. I'm going to check out Red Rocks for the first time. I hope you have a fantastic time. Can't wait for the next episode on November 3rd. All right, bye. Humboldt Last Week.